Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor, and we got Silas in the booth today. Yeah. Connor. Silas in the booth. Connor is somewhere in Kentucky, I believe. He's in somewhere in Kentucky. Somewhere in the midst of Kentucky because it is Memorial Day weekend. Um, so we're just filming the podcast, and then we're maybe like heading we, home. We could make it a segment at some point where we call him, put him on speaker, and tell him that like something broke or like some, we got robbed or something. <laughs> No, nah, he's not buying that. First off, it's seven thirty a.m. Well, that would be—that's the only chance he might buy it. Well, no, he's just not picking up. He's not up right I, now. I can put on a very convincing. Like, he's no, not, what you do is you send a text like, "Hey, I need you to call me as soon as possible." And I don't think he's waking up. Wake up the to, show. You wake up to that, and then I—I I just start screaming into the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll do it. You're I don't right. think he's calling during the no, show. No, you're, you're right. He probably won't. And then it's be awkward when he calls like an hour later. Hour later, you're like, like, "Yeah, man. Hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> like, how's Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, how's Kentucky, dude?" You enjoying life out there? Nice. Cool. How's Idlewild? How, how is it? Anyways, I get to Kentucky. Idlewild is right. uh, in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, which you might be saying that's Ohio. It's close. It's both. Know. Is part of Cincinnati? In? I don't know. I don't think so. The Natty it, Disc Golf Club I is what puts on Idlewild. something ridiculous. Well, now I'm going to look it up. It's very close, but I don't, think, I don't think any part of Cincinnati Cincinnati. Goes to well, it is right on the border. Kentucky. It is? It's the the Cincinnati airport is in Kentucky. Cincinnati, Ohio. The Cincinnati airport is in Kentucky? Mm-hmm. That's wild. The one I fly into, at least. Cincinnati City. Is that the most wild in thing? In Hamilton County, southwestern Ohio. It lies along the U- Ohio River opposite the suburbs of Covington and Newport, Kentucky. So there's no. It's kind of like how St. Louis is, where it's like. Is Cincinnati more Ohio right. or Kentucky? Like or literally in St. Louis, if you go across the river, you're in Illinois. Why are we putting on? Why are we making all these major cities right on the edge of state lines? It really confuses everybody. And like, why is Kansas City in Missouri? But I'm pretty sure there's also a Kansas City, Kansas. But on Thursday, that's because they're both the same city. It's just like it's down the middle. That one. They're is? both Kansas City. Okay. It's just Missouri and Kansas. On Thursday, this is in 2018. On Thursday, a Twitter user boldly declared Cincinnati is in fact in Kentucky. Shots fired. There you go. This That's podcast, from an article. This podcast. This podcast. We're Cincinnati truthers. Yeah. We believe Cincinnati is in Kentucky. That's right. Don't believe the maps, people. Columbus? Now, that's an Ohio State, baby. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> Ohio's in Ohio State. Yeah. Go Buckeyes, man. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some disc golf talk. Uh, there's not a lot that happened this past week, so this is going to be an episode that's a little all over the place, but you know, (laughs) it's going to be a good time. I mean, we just declared the state of Ohio is in, is no, uh, null and void. So yeah. Yeah. Ohio doesn't exist (laughs) in general. It was always Ohio, man. It was always Ohio. The Disc Golf Pro Tour went on Twitter. Well, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. They still haven't resolved this yet. They still haven't resolved it. (laughs) It's up in the air. Bro, Silas uh the pro tour announced <laughs> epic games as a quote-unquote major sponsor of the portland open only to delete it a few hours later so they announced it i quote tweeted it because i was like this is huge news and i also wanted to use it as an opportunity to push our forehand four-wheel challenge yeah. went back and watched that video it sucked no, dude. The video is awful. Don't say that. Vibes only, man. Go watch the vid. Go uh, watch it if go, you haven't go yet. Go boost up that code. Um, it was a, <laughs> it's too late. It was <laughs> the a ROI is shooting through the roof. What's happening? <laughs> it was a ton of fun to film. Didn't come through. Didn't did not come across. I think one of these days we should totally like have this whole like have an entire campaign to try and get one of our old videos like 
that didn't really get watched, like views and just see what could happen. Just see what happens. Slip and slide. Everybody realized it would probably be yeah. So this is the tweet. I saw it pulled up. The Disc Golf Pro Tour is pleased to announce the addition of Epic Games as a major sponsor of the 2022 Portland Open presented by Dynamic Disc, their first venture into the professional disc golf scene. And then that was at 10 a.m. By like 12, the tweet was deleted. Now, Silas, you you were feeling bold that day. Yeah. And no, you he was doing his journalistic it. duty. Uh, Silas screenshot this tweet That's and just you said, right care to explain, explain the deleted tweet at Disc Golf Pro Tour? Yeah. What What are you thinking? What do you mean? What, what, do, you what do you mean when I'm He's thinking? goaded. I'm just stirring How up many? the pot, man. I'm just... Just riling the truth. Is that just, what you're? That, that's what you use your Twitter for. The most uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing, yeah. Silas. Like when you initially did that, I was There's like, "Nothing wrong with that." I was like, "Ooh, they're probably just gonna retweet this like with different text or something like an hour later." That's what I thought so. But too. they nothing. didn't. So I, silence. I'll give you the win now. Yeah, I give I, you the win. I, I definitely silence. thought I was like, this was definitely like they used the wrong language. Yeah. Like it wasn't supposed to be major sponsors. Supposed to be like, but they just haven't said anything. And the, the Portland opens this weekend. It starts on Thursday. We're gonna have a preview mm-hmm. show on Wednesday. Um. But yeah, I went searching to see if I could like if they if they posted it anywhere, if they left it anywhere. They had a bunch of other changes too. Imagine they printed out like all their marketing stuff. Like they just printed out all the Epic Games banners and all that, and it's just like. But like, what? What? Let's let's run through some possible scenarios here. Let's just speculate. None of this is fact. What we're about to say. So like, option A, Epic Games pulled from the Portland Open. Yes. Option B. There was just a miscommunication and Epic Games was never in on the Portland Open. But the media team was told, like, this might happen, made the graphic, and tweeted it. Yes. Option C, Epic Games is still a part of, but they wanted it to be announced some other way. Option D, and this is the one that I actually like, is that they they are still in talks, and I think that maybe Epic Games just hadn't gotten back to them quickly, and media team jumped the gun. And just decided to post it, but then advertising team was like, "Hey, this is not a done deal yet. We should not have this up. Let's let's wait." That's I like that scenario. So you think the advertising team was like, "Hey guys, get gun. some graphics ready. Epic Games gonna be doing the Portland and then Open." Somebody just sent, and the media it, yeah. team's like, "Oh heck yeah, let's post this thing." Posted yeah. it, and the advertising team's like, "Hey, whoa guys." Yeah, I like that. That scenario. wasn't it. I think if I think if it ends up that they're still the sponsor and it just gets announced later, then that's definitely now. What happens if Epic Games just nowhere to be seen at the Portland Open? Then yeah, they probably is it like a different tournament coming down the line, or did Epic just like pull it? Why would you use the question? Well, maybe they're not seeing ROI on their other disc golf (laughs) ventures. Well, yeah, we didn't help. (laughs) As I say, we I was I I was tempted to quote tweet and be like. Good to see after how awful our Epic Games integration performed, they still have interest in the sport. But maybe they didn't. Maybe we're the reason. We, <laughs> we Imagine it. we ruined it. That's funny. I like that we have that kind of power. But, um, I mean, that was like, we did that integration, God, that like was a like year ago. like our first integration ever. It yeah, I think was, it was a year our ago. first integration ever. I think it was literally a year. And it was it Epic was a, Games? Yeah, Rocket League. Rocket League. We were like, because at that That's time we were like, one. we were like, what in the world? Like, how how did this happen? Forehand four wheel challenge and they gave us a good value for it too which was like they gave us an incredible value for it yeah at that time it was a really good value but uh it yeah it was a year ago let me see if i can find the posted date does it have post date on here i don't think march 16th no. over a year ago over a year ago well over a year okay so you're in a few months well i think i think it's safe to say we're not the cause of this no they've had enough time to breathe they've had enough time to breathe and decide hey those disc golf people we want more of. 
Well, maybe not. Well, they Apparently just, not. They just worked with GK Pro, so clearly they're getting back into it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, they sponsored GK Pro Video around the same time last year. Mm. I remember we did our ad. You're right. And it then like shortly a, after a, that, they, they GK Pro announced. Yeah. They were like, weren't they like sponsoring? I think they did a skins. It was similar. similar yeah, thing. it was in a skins match. I, I don't know. It was I, no Nerf gun battle, but it was similar. It was some yeah, type I, of I don't something. What it was, but I um I can't I can't wait to see like what happens. Yeah, I'm very that. curious if like they're just gonna like repost it here in a few days and we'll just never know what happened. Yeah. Or if we're just never gonna see Epic Games in disc golf. But it was it was very interesting maybe to see the, it maybe posted the in the Pro deleted. Tour. Decided that it was like a little beneath them to like shout out a sponsor just for the like. It's one thing if it's part of your your integration oh, to shout it out because they they charge for you to like have posts and stuff on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. So they're maybe they're saying like, hey, right. they didn't pay for any of it's that. It's free advertising because like, yeah, mm, I like that yeah, scenario that's a lot. That would be and that would be a pro that move. Would well, that would be an unpro, un-pro but then pro move. It would be like someone on the media team was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. Let's post it. And then someone on the advertising team was like, hey, they didn't pay us to post that. Mm, Take that down. I like that scenario because yeah, I would I would really like that scenario. That that that's, that that would make sense because they do charge you. The Pro Tour does charge for like sponsored posts on Instagram, Twitter, yeah, yeah. You don't yada, 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 yada. It's one thing, like, guess what? They're gonna know. They're gonna know who the sponsor is when you say when you release the logo or whatever, and you say who's ready for the Portland Open presented by Epic Games. Like, then they're gonna know Epic Games. You don't. You don't say like. That's like you're basically playing your cards. Well, admitting, they also admitting said admitting that disc as, golf is so small that we'll just give you free advertising because we're excited that you're a big. Company. They also said as a quote unquote major sponsor. They didn't really say what that meant. Like they didn't say title. That's sponsor almost like a like total gas up post. Like like oh, a major sponsor is Epic Games. Like I I think that actually might be it. And if that is the case, then wow, respect to whoever was like, hey, we need they need to be paying for that. Take it down. Yeah. All right. Well, the world may never know, but hopefully we A, B, C, D, E, or F. Which scenario do you like? You know, you comment, comment below. below. Yeah, and I'm sure it already be revealed by Thomas. Yeah, probably. Comes out. <laughs> probably they'll probably make a big post on Memorial Day today it's between like right now between right now and this game posted. Another storyline from the past week. Uh, a few days ago, Ricky announced that his knee swelling has come back. So he got it drained after having to drop out of Masters Cup. He played decently well at OTB considering his knee, but now the swelling's back. I'm scared for Rick. So. It's. I'm pretty sure it's something to do with Lyme, um, just like a a Lyme flare up, Lyme swell. I have to say, fluid in the knee though, but yeah, is a sketchy deal. And he got like a lot. Did you see the post with like yeah, how many yeah, syringes? That was, that was a that was lot so of fluid. Fluid in the knee is a sketchy deal. You don't you don't want that. I don't. No. I don't know what. Man, I don't know what's going on, but I, I hope hope we can get it sorted out because like i did not like we already have no eagle right now and that really stinks yeah so if we have to go out without rick i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be borderline pressing the panic button of like this is a fake season you can't do that <laughs> i i can and i'm gonna i mean it does it, it opens nope. up the season a lot because right. now there's well, a lot more like, opportunity it's gonna be really hard for me personally if if literally if Eagle and Rick didn't play another event, this is obviously overreaction. Yeah, Rick might be back in a week. Rick he Rick might, might play Portland Open. Right, we haven't officially but heard it he, yet. In the scenario where he and Eagle do not play an entire season, it's gonna be really tough for me well, to look back at like it's already not an entire season because we're we're in okay. No, in no, the, May. the rest of the three majors though, yeah, it's gonna be really tough for me to look back at that and be like, well, those guys that won those majors did have two of the best players in the world. But as time goes on, that will be forgotten. I hope so. Like I Jeremy Colling's 2016 USDGC win. I, I don't forget. No, but 
like anyone else, like if Silas came in the sport, sees it. No, oh, you're right. won. New people to the sport, but I'll never forget. And I no. will be that old head that just is like, that's well, not, he's well, not my goat because he won when Ricky was dead. <laughs> so, oh, well, you know why Calvin won that European Open, right? Yeah. yeah. Two other guys were gone. They were gone. That's Good, so funny. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah hopefully... I, don't... I'm just saying, don't give me that kind of power. No, no. Hopefully, Rick, he's back at Portland Open. His knee swelling goes want, down. It's just a Lyme flare-up that just settles itself with time, and he, and he goes on. Uh, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. It was unfortunate. He tweeted it, like... I think he tweeted on Friday that the knee swelling was back. He didn't tweet a picture as to, like, how, what he means by that, how much it's back. Sure it's... I mean, um, that's okay. up really quick last time, so I don't know. I don't know if he's getting it drained again. I don't, I don't know, know what the plan is. Like how that happens, or what like Lyme, I think. Right, but like what? Because he was posting looking for advice on Lyme. fluid to just go into your knee. Like what? Like huh? I think it like builds up. Where? Well, yeah. How? In your knee. <laughs> but like, he, thank you, Doctor Silas. Hey, can Silas no problem, be man. the company doctor? Yes. Yeah, Whenever there's an injury, we should have Silas be the report. To give us a diagnosis. Yeah. That's very fun. What is this? What do you think his timeline is? Yeah, Silas, so when's he coming back? Doctor, Doctor Silas. Day to day. Ricky's timeline. Yeah. Is he back at Portland or? No, he's he's not back at Portland. Is he back at the next tournament? No, he's not back at the next. Is, tournament. How many tournaments is he missing? He's gonna take at least four tournaments off. Wow. Wow. Does that mean he that's misses like, a major? That's getting close to a major. July is July European Open. I, th- I want to say it's in June. No, I want to say it's in July. <laughs> Let me I just look up Ricky Wysocki like PDGA. July. I think it's like and I'll tell you if he's if gonna s- be back by July fourth. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa! Whoa! Dang! All right, Doctor Silas with the prediction. All right, upcoming events. July fourth. I'll put him back right before the Idlewild. Open, which then you'd have the Sula Open and the European Open. July 21st is European Open, the next major. Okay. So right. according to Silas, he'll be miss- missing the Portland Open. Do you want to go July four events or July 4th? The two different things. Um, what is that? What's the next event July 4th? Idlewild? You Idlewild is July 8th. Okay, we'll go, we'll go July 8th. July 8th is his comeback. So yep. you, according to Silas, he's missing the Portland Open, Beaver State Fling, and the Preserve. Would be the three. Wow, <laughs> two pro tours and one That's silver huge. series. Let me back that up. That is completely no, factual. Think, that I is, think. yeah. Doctor Silas has actually never been wrong. Never, never. So, well, it actually would be a good thing for Rick if he doesn't have to go back to Blue Lake. That man's got ghosts floating around, holes, he, whatever. He, knowing Rick, he wants redemption. I mean, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like childlike giddy if him and Paul somehow end up in a playoff at that course. Like, I, will, I don't think they finish at that course. I will lose. Well, we'll do the preview show on on Wednesday, but I'm, I don't think they finish it that course. Okay, well then I'm gonna be just I'm gonna just be giddy if they get to play on the same card. If 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 they start at that course and anybody has any clue what they're doing on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, like at all, they will be on the same card. Yeah, and it'll be the feature. If card. you're wondering why, that's the course from 2014 Worlds. It went into a absolutely electric playoff. Was it like? Four or five holes? Four or five holes. There was like the gallery was like stampeding it was the down best, the fairway. The best stretch of disc golf I think I've ever. Yeah, watched. and they were just banging like thirty some foot putts in each other's faces, and then <sighs> so sick. And then yeah. Ricky hit a tree right in front. If of you him. haven't, if you haven't watched <laughs> it, be awesome. sure to watch twenty fourteen Worlds uh, coverage on YouTube. It's, it's one of the best incredible. disc golf rounds. And then what's crazy about that year is USDGC went to the playoff. That was the Johnny McRae Shoestrick Paul playoff. What a year yeah. for disc golf. Yeah. 
That wasn't that's got a year for disc I mean, golf. that's got to rival or be close to last year, Worlds throw-in playoff and then USDGC playoff. Yeah, I don't think it quite matches it. No, but I mean, crazy well, that well, that's two I, years. You know, well, here's the thing. The, the playoff the throw-in, at, the throw-in is like some cheese, obviously, because like that was just like something that just was just incredible and super, super um, low chance to happen. But like, honestly, if you're going to ask me, like, the playoff, the like five or six hole playoff is like technically, mm, this is going to be a bad statement for most people, but like technically that's like more entertaining golf to me because like the throw was just like one throw. Well, you got to look at it this way. The throw, I the the playoff in 2014 was multiple holes for Worlds. Yeah. Playoff in 2021 was one hole with the, with the throw in. Yeah. Had that playoff gone longer than, I imagine. USDGC 2014, multiple hole playoff. USDGC this year. One hole. Yeah, well, the USGGC playoff was also like they uh, was just a compilation of Will Schuster missing putts. Here's yeah, the in thing. 2014, Will had like three how different to win, the story would have been. Like people, so many people, I think forget that 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 Worlds last year was a playoff. Like it wasn't to win. Yeah, Paul could have still won. And like, just imagine if they'd have walked. Like they could have just as easily walked over to that next tee, and Paul could have just won it, and we could have just walked off the course and been like, "Well, he won anyways." And like, yeah. how different. Would That's the what, shot be because it would still be like remembered like that that worlds would still be remembered but just it wouldn't like, be the same but it wouldn't be the same narrative and that shot wouldn't get shown as much because it wasn't like no he didn't win. unfortunately that would have been so stone cold if that's he what just, like he just walked over unfortunately there. for paul Imagine it was aced. it was crucial for the sport in a lot of ways the growth of the sport because of that shot for him to lose he had to sacrifice himself he had to he had to lose he didn't lose intentionally. It would have been obviously. It would have been so but, like, cold if he had just stepped up and thrown one under the basket. Oh yeah. The very next but hole. for the just for the like, sport, like, he, like what <laughs> he had to lose. There's there's no way around. He had to lose. I mean, worlds this year, man. Talk about a revenge game. Where's worlds at this year? Emporia. Emporia. That's Ricky's. Uh, yeah, it's Ricky. That's Ricky's Ricky to lose. Lives I think. And breathes worlds. I think that's Ricky's to lose. Emporia worlds. Yeah, it's definitely not looking good for Paul. Who won DDO? <laughs> Ricky, Ricky won DDO. The, windy, the windiest event of all time. I'll tell you who's our who's the dark horse of the world. Brody Smith. He came in third. We'll see, man. We'll see. I agree. I mean, it definitely doesn't. We'll just doesn't see who hurt. gets the pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. With all that being said, that's literally all the disc golf actual like news coverage we have for today. So the rest of this show is if about that's to be. What you want to call news? Us giving you a. A timeline for Ricky's return based time, on uh, silence. Well, that's factual. And then the Epic yeah, Games drama. So basically, there was nothing. Well, we need some the rest events, of the show man. is about to be electric. What a so weird lull in the schedule. It's time for the fan favorite segment, Trevor's Trivia. Trevor, okay. I need to understand what we're about to do here. So, so I handed Silas a piece of paper earlier, and I told him not to unfold it until I, until I say. Um, but what? don't unfold it yet. You, oh. can, you can pick it up, but you can't unfold it. Okay. What you're going to do is you're going to unfold it when I say go. And there's gonna be a list of disc names on there, and okay. you can start at the t- you're gonna have to start at the top and work your way down. And you're gonna have, honestly, I'll, I'm gonna give you a generous amount of time because I think it'd be way more funny to just have you that you have enough time to, to get through all of them. Um, and your goal is to get Hunter to guess the disc. It's kind of like taboo or catch fry, oh, catch man. phrase, catch fries, catch fries. Um, can I catch some fries? Without obviously, I'm gonna make the rule. Without saying the name, I'm gonna make the rules yeah. that you can't say the name of the disc and you can't say the manufacturer. Whew. All right, so make, that's it. I think, yeah. So I think okay. you can do. You can say whatever else. All right, Silas. Um, so I'm gonna start the time. Let's see how There's, in sync we oh, are here. We're in time, man. 
I'm not good. I'm not good at time. All right. Okay, can I open it? Ready, set, go. Um, your favorite disc? Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I knew this exact thing. Uh, <laughs> Rock. Bingo. Uh, <laughs> yes, the you most, have to say that every the time. The most popular disc. The most popular mid-range. Buzz. Uh, the most popular uh, distance track. Destroyer. Starts off uh, easy. <laughs> the mm, a overstable fairway. Firebird. Boom. A more overstable. F- uh, Tilt. No. Uh, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can we skip one? No. No, come on. Dang we got it. this, Silas. Okay, okay, okay. We got this. Uh, let's see. Let's... Come on, Mr. Plastic Addict. Okay, Help you me. know Yuli. Yeah, Raptor. Yuli, Captain's Raptor. just came out. Captain's Raptor. Perfect. Come Bingo. on. Come on. Um, <laughs> I throw this distance driver a lot. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> uh, the nuke. No, mm, it's true. Uh, you throw that a lot. Force. You, Brody, gave you one, and you put it in your bag for Nuke SS. Foundation versus the Nation. But wow. then I think you took it out. Ooh. He gave from me something? his collection. Yeah, when he brought in all he those did. discs. Oh gosh, what was that disc? He did give me something. You you wanted Hades, it. Hades. Yes, bingo. Yes. Uh, tri- mm, Trevor was just holding this in the shop, and he was like, "Firebird, dang it." He was though. Yeah. Do you do you know that other disc he mentioned though? I don't even remember what I mentioned. I don't know. Okay. Give me something else for that. Uh. Eric Oakley. Felon. There you go. Bingo. Nice, nice. Uh, I do remember that. Overstaple now. approach. Zone. Bingo. Uh, it's too easy, oh, Trevor. Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to make it difficult. I mean, you're running out of time. Uh, very so you popular. didn't tell us how much time we have. Yeah. What What are you doing? What is that going to do? Go, go. Very popular uh, mid range from a dark horse company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Cax. Oh, my Ow. goodness. Okay. Um, James Conrad. Nomad. Envy. Bingo. Uh, Connor loves to throw this distance Wizard. driver. Oh, distance driver. driver. Wraith? Yes. Bingo. Why would you go Trevor? Trevor used to throw this all the time. 10 seconds. Uh, uh, Slammer. No. Um, Pure. Yes. Bingo. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Five Let's seconds go. go. That was, you guys, I think you guys are like connected. That was crazy. <laughs> Trevor used to throw his disc all the time. Uh, slammer, pure. Like, like that was electric. A, I had to get in the mind of Silas. Popular mid-range of a dark horse company. Like, he didn't even mention Sweden. Ah, like, I should have said Sweden. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like... It didn't uh, matter, though. And, like, Connor threw his, throws his distance driver time. Wraith. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that does. one was all no, over the place. He never Trevor throws, throws it all the time. I'm the one that throws a Wraith. I just, oh. you, just have to, you just have to think like Silas. Yeah, that was That's impressive. That's the key. <laughs> Just get in the mind. Connor's out here throwing me. like a strike these days. In a, I thought he had a really flippy wraith. Or was that a destroyer? He had a flippy, he had a flippy destroyer. destroyer. I mean, he probably has a wraith in his bag. I don't know if he does anymore, though. I thought he's a big wraith guy. He, he does. He talks about the wraith a lot. Well, that's the only I reason I guessed it. I into it. Uh, yeah. That's the only reason I guessed it. All right. We had a little segment here for Memorial Day. Um, 
obviously with Memorial Day, day off of work, a lot of people having some barbecues. Uh, so I need, I want a list of, we're gonna go three people each, three. three people each, which touring pros are you inviting to your barbecue and which dish are they bringing? That is such a good idea. I love that. I didn't realize we're gonna do the food thing. So you have to just come up with which um, pro you're inviting a for the vibes Okay. and then B, what well, dish do you think they're showing up with? Okay. I think big, we'll just go one at a time around for, I'll start and big germ is on the grill. Big Germ's on the grill. So he's doing burgers. He's, he's doing the hamburgers. burgers, the dogs. He's the grill yeah. guy. Because like the, right. the banter, the grill Absolutely. banter would be great. Absolutely. And he's tall enough. He can kind of see up above that thing. That's and great. Talk to everybody. Perfect. Silas. Okay, I'm going. Big Germ's Matt, off the table. I think he's funny. I'm going Matty O. I feel like oh, he's got yeah. that really southern I knew like, someone was taking food. him. So what's what he is bringing? he bringing? Oh, what's he bringing? Yeah. He's probably bringing some fried chicken. And some All right. corn on the cob, some grilled corn on the yeah. cob. Yeah, okay. Some street some good corn, mashed potatoes. Oh, he's bringing. Oh, he's bringing a lot. Yeah. He's bringing the whole cookout. Yeah. All right, I'm going with. Uh... Man, who do I want to go with? I think I'm going with Drew Gibson. Yeah, Drew's a good one. And he's bringing a store bought pie. That's what he would bring. You think? I don't see him whipping something that's up very, in the kitchen. No, that's incredibly realistic. So I think he's bringing a store bought pie. Drew, if you somehow get this hold of this clip, just like clap back and like with like some famous recipe. Yeah, pie. if you've got like a, you guys, you can send it to us. You yeah, know? you, you can send it. it. We'll test it on yeah. air. We just roast everybody. Just make them send yeah. us food. I bet you can't cook a. I bet you can't cook a mean mac and cheese, huh? Um, send it. You won't. <laughs> honestly, I feel like, hmm. Wow, this is interesting because I feel like it, there's two ways to go about this. Because if I'm going food, if I'm just going based off of the, the quality of food, there's that's a whole different direction. Well, I no, just, okay. I went Drew Gibson. No, just for the I know what I'm going with. Entertainment. Next. Ken Climo. You need oh. a, you need an old guy to tell stories. Very important. What's he bringing? What's Ken Climo bringing? I think that Ken Climo green we, bean casserole. We'll trust him with the sides because I think at a cookout, store bought sides a lot of times can. Get, oh, you think he's going store bought? Probably. I don't know. He seemed like a cooker to me. Really? Yeah. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Well, in any case, I'm just saying, like, at worst comes to worst, if like the potato so- salad comes out of a plastic container, I'm not going to criticize you. It's a cookout. As long as the for me, I mean, I like sides as much as the next guy, but like, as long as the grill's under control and, and big germs on it. Um, then like I'm I'm okay with that. So like Ken, but Ken Climo, like that'd be great, and I just want to meet him. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I want to go to my cookout right now, and I don't even I don't even know who the third person is yet. Silas, who's your second? Think, I already have my second. And I know the food they're what? bringing. I'm trying to think of someone who's who's gonna be on the grill. Who's gonna kick up a cook up a a good steak? In my head, we're all the same cookout. Oh well, then this is electric. Right? Oh, hold on. All right. So now you already got big germ on the grill. Yeah, I got germ on the. You grill. already got a pie. Got, you already got, got potato salad. You already okay. got fried chicken. Okay. And yeah. mashed potatoes and street corn from Matteo. Okay. Wow, right. this is so good. Mm, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Dan and Burr. Oh, I feel like wow. he's gonna bring the vibes. He's energetic, okay. young, some energetic. Some I respect youth. that. I respect. What's that. he bringing? Really counters my bringing? Ken Climo move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got. He's bringing Sam's Club brownies. You know, those okay. brown brownies. He would. That's what he's bringing. I'm Ooh. going with Katrina Allen, and she's bringing steak. Does she get a plus one? 
Does everyone get a plus one? Nah, only if it's a if it's a counterpart touring pro. I feel like. Sure. So she'll bring Austin Hannum. Yeah. Does, does, that, is he bringing something else? It might be. Oh, she's bringing steak. I was saying she's bringing diet, steak. The steak diet. diet. Good point. She she knows where to get the good cuts. Yeah. That's a wow. Well informed answer right there. That's, That's that was impressive. Out. Yeah. Wow. That's my second. Um, so Trevor's final answer. Ooh. Here. I think I think I, I mean you mentioned chicken already on the menu, but I think Dickerson's got to bring the chicken. Mm, he's got to bring the chicken tenders. I think he's got to. Well, bring the, Maddio's bringing fried chicken. Dickerson's yeah. bringing chicken okay. tenders. Two different things. And so also right. Dickerson can bring rolls because he he mm. he's, he decided he's. That's important. Bread. That's important. And I like. Dickerson. We didn't have rolls yet. Dickerson's is cool. So because if you're like Hunter, you don't wow. like chicken. On I don't the like bone. fried chicken. Do you think we should? Re- I do like chicken tenders. I am now like I'm really obsessed with the idea of having a disc golf cookout at this point. Like with with these exact players, so we're gonna have to get them on the phone. Okay, I mean I've been in contact with three of those people. Aren't you cool? Well, that wasn't really. I'm sorry, the point. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Gannon, we we know Gannon, Cat, Drew, and Chris. We don't know Matteo yet, or Ken Climo, or Ken Climo. Matteo, I feel like we could get or Big Germ, but we can if we tell him he's the grill master. Yeah, he's there. Germ, you're the grill, you're the grill and vibe guy. So we can get the champ on board. We yeah, might have ourselves to bring here. Traeger over here. Yeah. All right, Silas, who we got next? All right. Oh, we're still going. Was that uh, that was your third? Oh, okay. That was your yeah. third. We gotta go. Me and, it's me and Hunter. Okay. It's also um, just understood that Brody's there and Connor's there. Yeah, well, definitely. I don't know about Connor. Okay, it's understood that Brody's there. <laughs> <What is> Connor's <laughs> still in Kentucky. He's not here. He can't defend himself. What is Connor bringing? I don't know. What would Connor bring to a cookout? What would Connor bring to a cookout? <sighs> That's a good question. Something it's the good. sauce. Connor just brings. Yeah, sauce. he'd be the sauce guy. Okay, yeah. you gotta have a sauce guy. Yeah, he would bring all kinds of sauce. All right, my last one. He uh, gets lost in the sauce. <laughs> man, this is tough. There's so many people to pick. From. I've got my last one in my head. Jeez, okay. man. Uh, well, if. Oh, if, Bro- if Brody's gonna be there, yeah, there's two more. Ezra's gonna be there. Ezra can bring the beans because yeah. Ezra, Ezra's got the beans figured out. Boom! That's such a That's good, a good one. one. Yes. That's a great one, Silas. Well done. And then I'm going with DJ KJ. Oh, he's bringing, heck yeah. he's bringing yeah. the music first off, but yep. to that rounds out the party. But then for his food, it doesn't even matter. He's bringing drinks. Yeah, there you go. He's a drink guy. That's yeah. the last thing we needed. And then now we've got. A live music. Now we have live music. That's incredible. Round one, Round front, one nine. front nine. Where were you when blaring, you heard it first? Blaring. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I mean, we just made favorite. the greatest barbecue of all time. Let me... Okay, here's actually... This is a good... I feel like in the podcast audience might be a good place to ask. So I listened to the Kevin Jones like first song, and what I actually thought to myself was like, this seems well-produced and like semi-catchy. Obviously, I don't listen to like electronic music, though. So if you're listening to this and you listen to electronic music and you would consider yourself... I haven't yourself, listened to Kev- it yet, and I do... Don't play it on this podcast. That's copyright. Well, I'm not going to play it where they can hear. Um, any case... Um, Here, I'll give you, I'm going to listen to 10 seconds of it in the middle, and I'll give you my take. What I, would say I, if, I used to listen to some Skrillex. If you're well-informed on electronic music, though, and you're listening to this, and like you consider yourself somebody who's like a connoisseur of that, let me know if you think it's good or not, because I have no idea. It might be. It's pretty catchy. Pretty good. Yeah. I thought, like, I thought to myself, like, if this is playing I'm out of my a- EDM phase, but... If I was in it, I, I if it was that. playing to like a montage or something on YouTube, like I would be like, "This is yeah. hype!" Like back in the day, if I'm looking up like NHL's greatest hits and it's or like in the background, a uh, quick scope compilation. Yeah, 
like like then that's in the background. I'm I'm vibing to that. I might be trying to search it yeah. up. No, it's, I mean it sounded good. His first song. It's on Spotify. Round one, front nine. He's got a bunch of songs, so I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of them coming out. Probably gonna drop an album. Oh, he's on Spotify. What do we do if he just like Big quits deal. touring to be a DJ? Just be the. I mean, I don't I don't see that happening. The amount of money that Prodigy's probably paying him, but but what if DJing takes off? There's more money in music. Can't argue with that. Like if he like gets mainstream, you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Like if you he's like if he becomes like Zed and he's like on he's got features going. Yeah, like something pops off. Imagine like if the day ever comes out where like Justin Bieber is featured with like Kevin Jones, like I'll, like that would just be the most. What do you think? Like he's clearly passionate about music. So like what if if he had to make a choice? What? No, he's been doing it for a while. If he had to make a choice, like what what would happen? He boiled down. It's like hey, you have this opportunity to go. On tour with a musician, and like be his DJ. Well, it, I think it, uh, the money is like the, a big factor there. Because if it's like you've got a chance to 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 get into this music thing, and you're already gonna be making as much as you do playing disc golf, and obviously the ceiling is so much higher, yeah, he might do it. Something about. I wouldn't blame him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Like, it's not like he's out here. Sorry, Kevin, but it's not like you're out here winning pro tours. I mean, he could. Dang, dude. He might, but he probably. Won't. What happened last time? Oh, Jonesboro. I won. That was he my first in, bet. I won. He came in third. At his best, his best chance that whole year, and he choked it away. So it's like I, I did lose, but at least I felt a little better knowing that he didn't win. Like he still came in third and, and like put himself out of it. I got, I got to come up with another bet. But yeah, at this point, Hunter, like you are, admittedly, this. you are invincible this year. Right I'm two now. for two right you now. You are, you are what the gamblers would call hot. Yeah, but you guys gotta know when when to do it. Like Portland Open, I don't have any gut feeling, so I'm not making one. He has no gut feelings. You have to have, have, a, have, gut, a, gut I have feeling, a gut feeling, then you should make one. Well, how many rounds are they playing at Blue Lake? Two. And it's two and two. Oh, it's a four round event. Four round event. Two rounds at Blue Lake. Here's my gut feeling: Paul Macbeth is gonna is gonna finish top two. And I realize that sounds like not a hot take, but it's pretty what are you easy. Reason events not that hot of a take. Well, I can't make a bet with points when Connor's not here. I no, put fair, put but. points on the line on the preview show. I'm not taking it unless you're betting on the win, though. I can't put points on the line on the preview show. Oh, when we okay, do it on Wednesday. Okay, so okay. just think about it. But just know, oh. I'm not jumping in unless it's a Paul win, is what you're well, betting. What if it's a smaller amount of points, though? Like no, what? I'm still not jumping in. Okay. Well, Top two, there's too much like that. I see that happening. A win, I'm like, I might flip my coin there. So I just have think, that in the back of your mind. I don't know that I would. Although, but four rounds with the history he has at Blue Lake. It, but it, the problem is you never know because that other course like might not set up to his game at all. I think it's the golf course like they played previously. Well, well, we have to we have to obviously research it before research. Portland Open. So I don't know. How, I don't know if I'm ready to bet on Paul. He's all he's done is hurt my feelings this year. Just really. just have that in the back of your mind. Connor might jump on it no matter what. No, he you, no he. I think I ruined him last week because like I convinced him to jump on the bet with you, and then he was and I he's gonna be like, no, I'm not doing it anymore, and I don't really blame him. <laughs> so that's fair. That's he's fair. not a high roller. Like for me, like I could. I'm all about just like with points. Like, what's the worst thing that happens? Like, you gotta buy Chick Fil A. Like, I'm like, let's let's just throw points all over the place. And he's like, he takes this very seriously. He wants to win. Yeah, I'm all about. I'm just all about the experience. I I want to beat. I want to beat. Connor. All I can think about is the, whatever Matteo is bringing to this hypothetical cookout right now. I'm salivating. Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be a I great want cookout. Fried chicken and Matteo. I have a cookout this afternoon. You look like my you're ready for a cookout. I don't have a cookout. I, at first, I was like, "What the frick does that mean?" I was like, I "Oh, I'm wearing a patriotic shirt." <laughs> and I was like, "Looked down, like I was like, Dude, Do I look fat or something?'" The frick's wrong with you? The hat on too. Yeah, man, I matched, matched up. Yeah, he's Memorial match- Day. He's all matched up, man. Hunter's, um, Hunter's matched up. Matched up, matched, matched up like mashed potatoes. So I was scrolling on Reddit like I do before 
these podcasts because I try to see if there's any God bless you, man. controversial I takes get so scared of Reddit. or anything like that. And I found someone that consolidated all of our disc review scores together. Cool. And I noticed something, and they were calling us out for this as well, and it was fair. Okay. Our disc review scores are basically within like a two-point range or a point and a half range of each other. And so they did an adjusted score based on what we talked about in the review and what they think we actually felt like the disc was. Mm. And they had some rated as low as like a 1.5 and some all the way up. Uh, see, I disagree with that entirely because in a scale of 1 to 10, A, you got to remember that we're throwing discs that we chose to review because we think the people should see them. So like we're already we, – we have not once reviewed a disc that like we suspected was going to be a bad disc. Okay, we're well, you, the Binks I expected. Oh, except for that one. Except for that one. What That's we, the one that gave a 1.5. I gave it a 6 point something. Yeah, I would have given that a much harsher score. People um, are very coming after me hard about that one, too, because I yeah. threw it so well. But the issue was I, it, it was, I don't know how I did that. Like, I haven't been able to ever duplicate what from happened what during I, that review. From what I've done in the reviews, I have thrown discs like... The Vortex, uh, the DGA one, I've thrown the yarn, the sake bottle. Like, I've thrown all these discs that, like, because, like, as long as the disc does what it advertises to do, uh, if it accomplishes that and it feels okay, the plastic, it, like, Well, I don't think that's fully true. Because, like, the Binks in them, they do exactly what they're advertised to do. Right, but there's, fa- there's a fatal flaw in the Binks, which is the feel for me. But, but that's like, what it's advertised as. So, on your scale, that would be like a 9.5. Right, but, okay, but I, like, I wasn't. I wasn't. You see what I'm saying, I though. Wasn't pulling, if I was reviewing the Binks, I would have given it like a two or a three. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is that like, that goes against your whole that logic? That is a very that is a huge outlier, though, in the disc reviews. <laughs> you got to remember, like. But I, what think, I'm saying is, my whole whole reason for bringing this up is: should we mix things up on how we do it? Should we be more critical and more in depth, and not do what you're saying of what this disc is advertised to do, but verse more so what this disc does like is this but a that's good disc? how what is that even supposed to mean because like i personally think the vortex is a great roller disc yeah i think it's too flippy for the speed what do you mean too what is that even supposed to mean it's a fairway no it's a six speed i think it's too slow to be as flippy as it is why i don't know i'm just throwing one out there yeah but like i don't okay like i, mean, I that i disagree because <laughs> like, i think i think a disc that flippy like make it a nine speed because then it's a good roller disc i'm never it, choosing a six speed as my roller lower arm speeds though like they that allows them to throw hyzer flips like i'm saying like the thing about disc golf is there is a phenomenal use for every disc as long as the plastic feels fine which this is dga plastic feels fine and the disc shape feels fine which Typically, a Discraft or DGA mold is going to. Yeah, I just chose the Vortex because that's the one you were talking so about. That, that's but I'm just gets, saying, yeah, if you go by that logic, then a score can never be bad. Well, no, I disagree because I've picked up some discs that feel absolutely horrendous. Like what? Well, we haven't. I'm not going to freaking start bashing companies on the podcast for no reason. So you're just saying there's certain companies Mainstream. that will never be able to get a good a good review from you. Plastic. Oh, uh, I don't know about. I don't know about never. There's some that are. There's some companies that are more inconsistent though. So like, I have picked up ones that are gonna feel a little bit grody. But like, I mean, yeah, like there, we get discs sent to us from smaller companies. The mainstream ones, it's you know, like they're all pretty solid disc. It's gonna be very tough to have something worse than like a six for sure. But like, so what's a six for you from a mainstream company? What would make it a six? <sighs> the magnet 
for would probably for me be something like that. So like hand I feel. I just hate the way the magnet feels, and I think it doesn't do anything special enough for how awful I think it feels. I would give the magnet somewhere in the six range, probably. That would be an example. Okay. People are just coming after us because they're I, saying we're not we're not critical enough I of the discs we're the, reviewing. The problem is that we are reviewing discs that we are like a lot of times excited about even or we think could be good discs. So I think that what they're looking for is maybe just I mean, if you want us to be really critical, the best way to do it would be for us to do reviews of discs from smaller companies that get set for sent for us to test. Um, because then there's gonna be a lot more but here's the other thing you need to remember that's very key is that a lot of these companies, even when they are newer, smaller companies, are being manufactured by the bigger companies. So like we feel the plastic and we're like, oh yeah, that's perfect example. Um, mint discs, right? Newer, smaller company, but guess who's manufacturing their plastic? Or so we would assume because it's quite obvious. MVP. Um, so yeah, their plastic feels phenomenal because it's not theirs, it's MVP. So then it just comes down to the molds. Um, and making a mold, making a good feeling mold isn't the simplest thing in the world. We do feel some that don't feel great. Uh, but once you have the plastic down, it gets a lot easier. Um, and a lot of times they, a lot of times companies even like combine, like share halves of molds as well too. So like that, I think what you're actually, what you're describing on Reddit is basically just the lack of variety that there is in disc golf because so many discs have already been made. And I've had this discussion before where I'm like, there is just so much overlap and so much similarity that like, it's hard for a disc to come out these days and for it not to be like, well, yeah, there, I mean, it's a disc. <laughs> like it does this, like whoop, whoop de doo it's a 7.5. Like it, it, I think it's more of like an issue with, not even an issue, but just like kind of the nature of what discs are these days more so than like i'm i believe me i'm not trying to fluff any scores i i'm trying to be as critical as possible but like you're not going to just put some castaplast disc in my hand or some innovar discraft and me throw it and be like oh my gosh that's lower than a seven like it's just not it's just not really a thing now that being said we have been very hesitant to go um like up into the nines like we're protecting the top range of our score so i think you should notice that um I think the only way you're going to get what they're desiring is if we review discs in a completely different way, which is instead of us trying to give a review that speaks to the people, like what the people are going to think of this disc, we just take it completely personal and say, this is literally my score of one to 10 based on a disc that I like the least to like my starter destroyer that I like the most. And then you might start getting scores that they're looking for, but then I don't it's like a whole different review. Is that what we should be doing? I don't know because it's, it's a little misleading. Because then we might go on there and because, for example, then I might review a Malta, which um, which is a perfectly fine disc. It, and it works for a ton of people who love it. But I might give it um, a five or like a four because on my scale of disc, that's where it is. But then like people are going to be turned off of the Malta when like it's a perfectly good disc. So like that's that's why I don't like that system. Whereas because if I was doing the review normally, I would probably give the Malta somewhere in the mid to high sevens because like it's like there's nothing wrong with it. That's uh, this is you know that's just the disc review nature. I found the I found the thread interesting because when you look at all of our numbers, I mean we're right, but they're I, all right here. Yeah. So like, what in my head I'm thinking like, the Binks obviously falls out of it, and a lot of people are were very upset that I put it below it. But the whole reason I put the Binks that low was because of the feel. There's no way I could consistently throw it like I did in that review. And also, yeah. you have to remember what's going on off camera is I'm throwing it, and Trevor's throwing it back, and Trevor can't even get it to fly. Yeah, no, I couldn't even get it to fly. So, like, how I was getting it to fly, I'm still not sure. 
Yeah. When it flew, yeah, did it fly great? Right. Yeah. But also, I don't even think I could put it in my bag. Like, yeah. not even like I don't think it could fit in my bag. I physically don't think I could put it into yeah. a bag because I, it's just. I just think flimsy. too. It, it. I think now that I think about it, it has been the case where, other than a couple outliers like the FD, that's like a really good disc. We have reviewed a lot of your just cup of coffee discs. You know. Yeah. Like, we have, re- which that's going to happen at the beginning because we're just reviewing like discs that right. we want to get the reviews out so that because it's being that, searched and a lot is, and new stuff coming out. Right. As we go down the list and we start getting to your more unique discs, more of the outliers, like the tilt, if we did a review on the tilt, I wouldn't review, I'd put the tilt probably in like a mid high six. I think it's, I think it's yeah. too, st- it's not usable. I'd agree with that. I would I would maybe even it'd be a five in the five. It, that's six what's interesting though, is like an overstable disc can get unusable. An understable disc almost never can. Because like the vortex is pretty much unusable for me in my bag. But if I were to give it to my dad or someone who's just starting. Yeah, but even for you, if you throw if you throw the vortex flat, it's you just have you have an awesome get to the ground, low ceiling roll. Sure, but I like that's just pointless to me. I'd rather right. I'd rather have right. a faster version of that, which no, exists. Yeah. It's too slow. But for a brand new player, it's a great straight it's a disc. Phenomenal disc. Yeah. yeah. So that's where understable. It's very hard to rate an understable disc yeah. low because there's always a use for it. An yeah. overstable disc, right. once it gets to a certain level of overstability, it's very easy to rate. Yeah. Because like for low. like you take a disc like the Vortex or the Diamond, and if I slow my arm down, you're gonna watch that thing fly so gorgeous and beautiful. Like and it, it'll glide. It'll be great. So yeah. Like, yeah. That's where it, that's where the whole thing gets. Very I think cool. there's a few ways we can improve it. Our disc review system. I think. One, we could get different, and this would this would cost the company more money, but it might help improve. We we could throw multiples of the same disc to judge consistency. Ooh, yeah, but like how many how many do you have to throw before you get an? I think three. Read? I think you get three of the same plastic, same disc, and just if those three fly consistently, it passes that test. The problem if is- those three fly differently. Right, but it the doesn't. problem is, let's say you have, let's say ten one, you have one stack of a hundred destroyers and one stack of a hundred Zeuses, and only five of the destroyers fly bad, and twenty of the Zeuses fly bad, and you get three of the five <laughs> from the destroyers, and you get perfect flying Zeuses. It's you're technically wrong. You could be, you could make a huge bad judgment call. But if we're only throwing one, it's the same exact thing. Well, you just don't. You know, you just don't have to get judged based off of consistency because, like that comes. No, but if you grab one bad destroyer, because that also comes down to the manufacturer more than the disc. Well, yeah, but you're still judging the manufacturer because, like, if it's if, a disc review though, not a manufacturer review. Yes, but like if we'll just use Siles name a disc, any disc. I feel like a disc a review Zeus. should be purely based on like the. Give shape me a different. One. We're just talking about the Zeus. Oh, Mako three. Mako three. So, if I'm reviewing the Mako three and I throw a really overstable Mako three. Yeah. And so I review it and I'm like, oh, this thing is crazy. Like blah, blah, blah. And then the reviewers buy it and it's a really understable one. Mm-hmm. That disc is completely different than what we no, reviewed. I, I get what you're saying. Versus if I at least grab three Mako 3s, there's a chance, a better chance I'll see one that does that. And then if I have one that's really overstable, one that's really understable, I'm like, hey, this these Mako 3s, like as much as I want to love them, I don't know which one's which. So it'll hurt the overall score. No, that's true. I see your point. To your point so like yes is that on the manufacturer yeah but the manufacturer makes the disc so that's on the disc fair enough because if you don't know what if using since Silas gave us make a three if i don't know what a make a three is going to fly like when i walk Dude. into the store um back in the day 
like star makos used to be like before the mako 3 existed like the star mako was like what every end of a pro would like throw well a lot of them would throw it's like their flippy mid and i got one and like they were so domey and so overstable <laughs> brand new it took me like years to get it to beat into straight like yeah. it was the most disappointing thing ever that's what i'm saying i think we can go there yeah, i think the we get goated, we though. get a few different ones or we throw it directly next to comparable molds that might so help. if you're reviewing uh if you're reviewing a mako 3 we get a gauge and an m4 or we get a gauge and yeah it's just a meteor it's just so hard maybe too we just need to start doing like we need more objective metrics like maybe we need to start doing a metric that is distance in regard to the speed rating that's tough though or because like width. what if rim we're just width. but what if we're just throwing harder one day well yeah i mean there's a lot of there's issues be, there's a lot of issues with the review process because we don't have data like we can't yeah. gauge our arm speed but like disc flight is so subjective like you were mentioning like you can find anything that flies on the spectrum of usability is like perfectly fine as long as it feels fine. So we you, could use our almost, radar gun. That's true. Cause like you almost need to have some kind of like actual numbers based performance to like, cause if we could, I mean, if we had, could have distance drivers and we had all these 12 speeds that all seemed fine. And then we could find out that, Oh, this one literally just does fly, glide further based on it's the arm speed. Then like that would be an objective thing we could use. Whereas right now it's just kind of like, I think that's where a lot of the problems come. So maybe we go, maybe the next step is we take a bunch of discs from our collection to a field and we throw them and we know when I, when we throw a five speed we at... Need, well, we need to be able to measure rim width, I think. I think that'll be key. Yeah, so we get there's calipers. So many, there's so many lying... Uh, we get calipers and yeah. we know when we when we throw something that is in the realm of a five speed, our five speed, Yeah. 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, right. it goes this far. Right. So then when we throw a five speed and we, we threw it, we threw it 60 miles an hour. So as consistent as we can be, and it went 50 feet shorter, we can be like, yeah. wow, this just is, is flying great. It's just not going as far as a normal five speed. Or it goes like that hex. When we did the Mythbusters, the hex was just going farther than Buzz, Meteor, Rock 3. It was just going farther than all of them. And we were in the field. I didn't really have consistent data. But that would be something where if I if we did, while I was throwing them right next to each other, then I could be like, the hex is going seventy five feet farther than I've ever yeah. seen five speeds go. Yeah. Boom. It would help. Data. It would help. We I need, think we reworked the disc review. We need data. If anybody. Because here's out the there. thing: when we when we started the disc review, it was a big thing of we didn't really think that many people would care. We wanted it for our website to be able to put it in like the product description. Yeah. It it's a more, lot bigger it was than we a lot, think. It was a lot more than a. It was a lot more of a just like let's show people how these discs fly, not because like, I mean, we yeah we kind of flipped the whole thing on its head because like disc reviews historically have always been like you go to watch them just to see how they fly, but like people have latched onto the ratings, which is fine. I mean that's the reason they're fun. We put them in there for a reason. Yeah, we enjoyed um, it. But I think now that, people I, are taking that yeah, seriously, so I think we is like, we need to take it. Yeah, seriously. you just got to understand how harsh it would be to just slap a bad score on a disc that there's really not an issue with. So, like, that's why, and there is just not, like, people have gotten pretty good at making discs. The discs have not changed that much over the years. So, like, people have gotten decent at it. So, like, it is really hard to just look a disc that really there's not a huge issue with and just be like, yeah, 5 out of 10. Because, like, that's just not true. Yeah. So, like, as much as Hunter and I want to make the scores interesting, we can't lie to ourselves. <laughs> I think we give ourselves metrics. 
of we rate them in each category. Because right now we're just kind of going gut feeling. Like that disc feels like this to me. Yeah. I think that since people are taking the score so much more seriously than we anticipated and way more people are watching these reviews than we anticipated, I think we rework the system. And I think we come up with like categories and we rate them in each category. Yeah. So it's like distance compared to rim width. Uh, accuracy of flight numbers. Hold people accountable. Mm. If they put flight numbers on it and we're like, it doesn't fly anything close to that. Okay. Knock it. Yeah. Because if you're going to put flight numbers on a disc, it better be accurate. Yeah. Accuracy to flight numbers. Uh, feel of the mold, not the plastic. Yeah, plastic because plastic is irrelevant. Well, it's going to be the same for it. Like, That's what I'm saying. If, if we personally hate how cast of plastic plastic feels... Yeah. Then every cast of plastic. So I think it's the feel of the mold. Yeah. So the shape of the mold. And then one other, I don't know what I've been so far, but we come up with like four categories. Yeah, I think we also need and to we rate it out of 10 in each of those. And then to, we average them. Yeah. I think we need to just individually write them down. Like we'll just make a, a paper template and have a clipboard and then we each write it down and then we just bring them to each other and, and just split it in the middle. We don't even, we don't even consult. We just split it. Oh, we both, we both do every yeah. review now too. Yeah. So it makes it Okay. I think that. I think best we rework our whole disc review because you know what, people are right. If people care, we will rework. I mean, we didn't people put a care. ton of thought into it. No, like, we, we, it's just been a gut thing. Yeah, so we will. We will. But I think it I more. think we restructure we'll it. Give you more. Think, we'll give you more to look at. Yeah, we give you more data, and we give you the score will mean something more. You'll know what goes into the score. We care about the people. There you go. There was a whole Reddit thread about it, and there's a lot of comments come yeah. through. And so this way they, they can also look at something of like why it scored, whatever it did. Yeah. Okay. All right. To wrap up the show, final thing. I figured we haven't done this segment in a little bit. Oh. Um, we used to do it a different way, but I figured since Silas was on, this was a great opportunity. Ooh. And I think each of us just picks. It can be a good one, a bad one, whatever. Your favorite disc golf story from your personal game. Oh, gosh. I always suck at this because I don't have a lot of good stories. But Whatever it is. I can make one up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hmm. We won't know if you make it up. Favorite disc golf We'll story. start with Trevor because he's thinking, and then we'll go to Silas, and then we'll finish with me because I have well, no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Or we can go around if Silas isn't ready. Hmm. I, I mean, I have quite a few. I have quite a few from college, like memorable rounds. Well, okay. Let me just give you I'll, – I'll give you one of my, one of my more – favorite disc golf experiences um kind of kind of paint a picture for you this is something that we did in college this is kind of like a broad story it's not really like one individual thing but like it was a whole winter um back in college we played something called the the brawl series b-r-a-w-l brawl um, stood for blue ridge area winter league yes never even knew that but it didn't matter um, so basically when I was on the disc golf team, my freshman year, um, the two years after that I played on the team, we didn't even go to the series at all, but that my freshman year, we played the entire series and basically it took place in the dead of winter. I mean, we are talking the ugliest months of the winter, like probably, probably like December through January, something like that. Probably actually it was more like January through February. It was bad. Um, and we would play these like almost every Saturday, sometimes every other Saturday. And it was basically a local tournament series where for whatever reason, no, we did not play the normal nice courses we have in the area. We would go to people's private courses, like all over Virginia, like sometimes two, two and a half hours away. And sometimes these courses were like 
there were courses that we played that honestly you could have told me they were just a normal disc golf course. There was one called Timber Ridge, Big Ridge, whatever it was. Um, both, both they combined them. Like that was a pretty well made course. Um, but then there were some that were absolutely awful. Um, we played a course at, at one point. We played a course called Dire Wolf that was um, James Conrad's dad, Jim Conrad. It's in his on his property, and we played it in like a foot of snow. Um, so basically, we would get up like sometimes six in the morning to get on a bus in like 20 degree weather. And our entire Saturday would be spent playing these sometimes incredibly sketchy courses. Um, And like our whole lives depended on this because this is how we jockeyed for position on the team was these brawl, these brawls were like a big deal. Like where you finished amongst your teammates, like this is like going to decide your placement on the team. It was a huge deal. And like we would go to these courses and their baskets, like you would be lucky to have like two disc catchers on the course. Like you were going to be playing on whatever mock basket or sometimes homemade baskets. Like I swear, I swear I played on a basket and looked like it was made out of clothing hangers one of these times. <laughs> it was real bad. And like, oh man. And we would go out of these courses and it was just the most demoralizing thing ever. I don't think I, I think one brawl, out of the entire year. And I think it was the last one that I actually placed somewhere decent. Like I took second. Um, but like you'd roll up to these things, we'd be on our bus and we were playing like, this was not a collegiate thing. We were playing with just like any Joe Schmo that wanted to show up. So we'd roll off our bus and you just meet the most wild characters at these things because you got to be a little bit wild to be playing these things in the winter on your Saturday. And they'd hand you your players pack, which was usually just one like it was always champ, an end of a disc champ T bird. I think I had like six champ T birds at one point from these things. Um, and they shotgun started. You go out there, and the and the best part was just catching the just terrified looks of of just dismay from your teammates across the course throughout the round, just seeing how like miserable they were, um, because we just all would go out there and just suck. And then we'd get back to the bus and it was just a free for all. Like I remember specifically one time at Dire Wolf in the snow, I shot like a 92, um, which sounds just about as ridiculous as you would think. I think I lost like three discs underneath the snow. I got back like maybe one of them. Um, and I got back on the bus and I lost to everybody. I, I think mm, maybe not everybody, but I lost to this guy who we called hot dog. Who, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who was the worst on our team? He was so um, much fun, though. Yeah, hilarious. He just graduated from law school, by the way. Heck yeah, yeah. Um, wouldn't believe it if you met the guy. But uh, yeah, we called him Hot Dog, and I lost to him. And like, it was one of those things where like I kind of knew it. And like, when you had a bad score in college disc golf, like you did not want to tell people. But when people saw it in your eyes, like as soon as I walked on, and like my buddies saw it in my eyes, like they start chirping at you, like, "Oh, what'd you do out there? How'd you go?" And like you. And they want to get that number out of you as quick as possible to start just laying it on you. And I like squeaked out like 92. <laughs> and I mean, they, they couldn't believe that I, had, uh, who, that I had lost a hot dog. Like when they, they were like, what did you shoot? And like 91 and like, oh, it was, it was electric. It, worst bus ride of my life. It was an incredible life. moment. And then that was round one. 
these tournaments were two round events. So then I had to go back out into the snow. We'd I think at one our, point we'd eat our lunch on the back of our discs. They were just oh flying through my cow pies, gosh, dude. At one point, I like slipped in the snow and fell on my hip. <laughs> and I bruised that my one, hip. That tournament also had the uh, he made a bridge across. It was his like lake, a and sideways it was just, ladder. Yeah, it was just a ladder with a piece of rope above, so and that the you could rope was like frozen. So you, you could had hold to, to go it. across. You had, like shimmy across this creek that was like eight <laughs> feet below you. <laughs> I played with. It was so ridiculous those brawl events that you couldn't even believe that it existed. I played with that exact one. I played with my life. I played with James Conrad. He was there randomly. He took a putter out there and he played with only his putter in the snow and set the course record and beat me by like. He shot in the low forties. I think he beat me by like twelve or thirteen. It was insane. The brawl series was like a once in a lifetime thing. I'll never forget the brawl series. Yeah, they still. Well, I don't know if it went on last year. If it was going on every year. If it if it ever happens again, we need to find the most disgusting weather one and go to it just so I can remember. The worst the worst weather one that I remember playing in was at Big Branch, which was the other side of Timber Ridge, and it was it was on time. January, it Big was in Branch January. Was when I was there. It was just uh, and Early. the high for the day was 28 degrees. Yeah. With 30 mile an hour winds. Mm. Gusting up to like 40 something. And I mean that hanging basket hole where it was the miserable. Basket, there was a hanging basket hole at this course where when the wind was up, it would literally just go like this. Yeah, they didn't swing. have a tether. They didn't have a tether. So it would just be oh, in the air. Man. You couldn't make a putt on it. It would just fall out of yeah. the basket. Yeah. And like I vividly remember like trying to putt with I was using a, a champ metal flake gator as my putter. Mm. Because what else were you gonna do? Oh yeah, that dire wolf round, I had to use a JK AVR so I could feel the putter. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't feel anything. My hand when I got home, um I, I we drove to that one because it was only 30 minutes out. And when I got home, uh, I think it was before I was married. I came home and I like was just frozen to my bone. And I just like got in the hot a hot shower and it just like slowly warmed up. And as it warmed up, my hand just started gushing blood as I got oh warmed back gosh. to me. I was like, what, what? the heck? And I looked and my hand had gotten so cold that it wasn't bleeding because my skin was like frozen together. But I had just had cuts all over my hand where it just like cracked. I- and I, so I just, I couldn't oh, play disc golf for like two weeks because I, I just had cuts all over my hand. I would get home from those cold tournaments and I would get back to my dorm like depressed at how bad I played and I would stand in the shower. One thing that was nice about my dorm is it never ran out of hot water ever. I would stand in that shower for like 40 minutes just staring at the wall and just letting the water <laughs> run down <laughs> my broken body. Just thinking about like, I'm never going to be on champ flight, man. <laughs> <laughs> That was the worst part. They put so much weight was on those brawls. Oh, and they just were so random. For no reason. Yeah, it was just like, it was skee-ball out there. Like, it's stupid. Can you imagine, like, Brody out there? But it was mental toughness. No, Brody wouldn't have done it. I see it now, though. It was mental toughness that they were teaching out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally weak did not survive. No. I went to every one of them. It's like disc golf boot camp. Yeah. It was. Uh, That's an idea for a series. I just, when you were talking about all this, it reminded me, or made me think of, so I got into disc golf around March or so of 2015. That's when I first started playing. That summer, my brother and I and my good friend um, got like hardcore into it, like playing like probably on average two rounds a day all summer at Peaksview. We would go play in at 18, just walk right back to one and play again. We started playing around. We East Campus was in. Hideaway was being put in. Camp Hideaway wasn't in yet. But um, we went and played like Walnut Creek, we drove out to Greenfield that summer. We played like as many courses in the area as Mayflower didn't exist, Sandusky didn't exist, Peaksview only had the shorts. Whole one at Peaksview was still par four. Um, it was crazy. So we played 
as much as we could in this few courses around here. And then like midsummer is my dad was like, Hey, one of my friends is the coach at Liberty's disc golf team. First off, didn't even know Liberty had a disc golf team. He's like, why don't you go out with him? And like, he could probably help you some. So me and my brother met coach at Liberty's field and he opened his trunk and just was full of prodigy discs. I'd never seen prodigy before. Ooh. And so <laughs> I, we bought a bunch of discs from coach. He let us like field test them. We bought them. And then he was like, Hey, why don't we go up and I can show you this new course we're cutting in camp hideaway. And I was like, okay. And so he showed us, he's like, yeah, it's, it, this is whole one, I think it was in disc, if you searched it, but no T-pads were in, but the baskets were all in now. And so he showed us where, like, how to get to hole one, where hole one started, played, like, the first, like, three holes with us, and then he left and let Jimmy and I just keep playing. Did you get lost? So we, no, we, we played. I think we played a few of the holes wrong, but it didn't matter. Played Camp Hideaway, whatever. Well, then the year rolls around, and he was like, hey, the coach was like, hey, the disc golf tryouts is coming up soon. And like, you want to try out? And I was like, well, what, what do I need to make the team? I didn't realize at this time, like yeah, not anyone that. makes the team. Well, back in the day, these days. No, they, now, nowadays they these don't. Days it's My freshman intense. year, he cut one person and it was because the guy literally couldn't make it to any practice. And he was better than me, the guy that got cut. But at this time I asked coach, I'm like, so what, what's it take to make the team? And he's like, if you can shoot below an 80 at east campus you can make the team and i was like okay i shot a 72 there once and it was like, the okay. worst round of my entire life well this is like my first summer so the only time i had played east campus i shot an 83 yeah i said breaking 80 but brand new is not and i was like because like, a 20 hole course yeah and so i was like man all right so i just went out there and started grinding and i got to where i was like in the seven low 70s upper 60s before tryouts i can't showed up to tryouts i had an academy sportswear bag you know like the 20 dollar backpack bag Heck yeah uh that had like a lead warning on it it was like really yeah i was like because like california had some law that this bag like they had to put this That's label hardcore. that like it was exposure to lead i want to like all this I but i was like that label for my bag cool. I, I needed i wanted the bag and so i had like 25 discs in there i knew what three of them did um and so i showed up to there i think i threw a forehand farther at that time than i do right now but anyways make the <laughs> team and then beginning of october rolls around and lance brown who was on the team he was like, hey, Hunter, because uh, I was like in love with disc golf at this point. So every practice, I was staying late. I was showing up early when we had access to the field. I was like always there. And so Lance was doing the same thing because Lance was in the process of he wanted to tour this uh, that upcoming year. Mm-hmm. He had just come off like a lead card at the Brent Hamburg Memorial with like Paul and all this. And so he was like hot, ready to tour. Mm-hmm. And so he was also showing up early, staying late. So him and I just were like constantly practicing together. And I was awful. I was very very bad at disc golf and he was like hey dude end of october there's a tournament it was like two weeks before the flamethrower would have been he's like end of october there's a tournament in north carolina if you want to go hannah and i are going and i was like yeah i want to go and so i end up driving so i drove my parents murano because at the time i still had my um nissan's was just two-seater so we met meet at target like 6 a.m 5 a.m oh my gosh and drive down to reedsville north carolina and i i found the tournament looked it up there's only 30 people there this is you're missing a part of that story surely when you met at target no he was on time wasn't there another target meetup that what didn't go that way yeah i think i've told that story okay before okay so i can tell that one target was the meetup spot target was always the meetup spot uh (laughs) wait a second so this one he was on time hannah was on time i i didn't know either of them yet so i didn't realize that no offense to either of them they, they both have a tendency to be late Lance much more than Hannah. And so at the time, I didn't realize. So I show up. They show up. We go down. 
We get there, I'm warming up, and I remember, this is how bad I was at disc golf. My go-to fairway driver was a beat-up DX Firebird that I hyzer flipped to turnover That's all over the place. Because I didn't sick. know what discs were like meant to do or that I could just buy a Leopard that would have done that. That's sick. I was just throwing this flip up. There's one, there's a beat DX Firebird. Firebird in the U section. I was throwing it all over the course. You need to go back to your roots. So uh, anyways, ended up coming in dead last and intermediate. Wow. I went 862, 825 rated. Uh, my first rating was like 840. But that was the tournament that got me hooked. I, I was five strokes out of sixth place which is the place in front of me and i was 23 strokes away from the win my first tournament um i won and i was like nine i think i ended up being like nine twelve rated and i didn't reach that rating again until i was in college <laughs> and i was a, i was a 14 year old when i won that tournament Dang. and i have not yes. won again since yeah. one of these days i'm gonna win again the only th- way it's gonna happen is if i play intermediate so the other how bad i am yeah Intermediate can be no joke sometimes. So a lot of times it's easier well, to win second, advanced. The second tournament I ever won, I lost. I came in second. I played really well and came in second to a guy who would have won advanced. Yeah. And that broke my little heart. And well, when I my first I win in intermediate, <laughs> my first win in intermediate, I would have won advanced and I would have cashed an open. Oof. It was at a golf course. I played out of my mind. I played incredible. And then I moved up to advanced after that. But I never, I never won intermediate yet. I just went yeah. down and I, I played out of my mind. Yeah, you can't but, come after people unless they've won in that. Yeah. So then I, I moved up immediately. And then as soon as I won in advance, I moved up to open. I think. Yeah. You've won, you've won in every division except rec. I've never, won, never I've never played, played rec. rec. Never played rec. I've only ever won. I started a new PDGA account to, to go play and I win won in rec. Junior 16, they don't have everything. Junior 16 boys, and I have never won in anything else. Yeah. Uh, the secondary story that you brought up was we were going to Richmond to play a tournament um, called K Krushka. And Lance and I, Lance Brown and I, were going to this tournament. We had never seen the course. So the goal was get up there. We, we teed off at 8.30, I think was tee off. Players meeting was 8. So the goal was get there at 7. Give us an hour to see the course, play some of the holes, warm up, and then go to the players meeting. And then um, tee off at 8.30. So we were supposed to meet and leave at 5 a.m. So I show up again. I wasn't driving actually this time, but Lance was going to drive. So I show up at 5 a.m. 5.15 rolls around, no Lance. This point, I went to several tournaments with Lance. I was not even, I was like, why did I even show up at 5? I knew he wasn't going to be here. 5.30 rolls around. I'm like, okay, this is a little weird. Like 30 minutes is pushing it. Like 15 minutes is normal. 20 minutes, yeah, that's Lance time. 30 minutes is like, a little bit much and like now we're starting to get into crunch time like now we only have we're gonna show up and if the drive goes perfectly fine we'll have 30 minutes and so i get a text from lance like five minutes later like 5 35 now he's like hey sorry overslept just got up headed your way he, li- he lived like five minutes from target so i'm thinking okay not a big deal and then like 10 minutes go by he's still not there so he texts me again goes sorry uh i haven't paid yet ran by ran by the bank and the ATM was closed. Have to go to another one. And I'm like, what? What? Okay. So then another like however many minutes go by. So now it's six o'clock and he's still not there. So I've been just sitting in this parking lot for an hour from five to six. I'm obviously mad because yeah. I got, I wasn't a morning person at this time. Got up at five, sat in the parking lot for an hour. I'm like, I could have done so many more things. I could I could be halfway to Richmond right now. And so about like 6.15 ish. Lance rolls in the parking lot with a bag of Taco Bell for breakfast. And I'm like, okay, 
first off, you're so late. <laughs> you're an hour and 15 minutes late, but you decided to go to Taco Bell. And you, then on top of that, you didn't bring me Taco Bell. Bad start to, to the whole whole thing. I would have I left him right there and just drove by myself. No, so then I hop into his <laughs> yeah. car. And now it's 6.15. So we're supposed to get there at 8.15, halfway into the players' meeting. You're supposed to... Tournaments back then were a lot different than tournaments now. You're supposed to like physically show up before the players' right. meeting and check in. And like a lot of people registered day of, so if you hadn't pre-registered, like people would show up, and if the tournament was full, then they could take your spot if you weren't there at time. So, lot lot different right. than how it currently works. Right. And so Lance, like about 30, 40 minutes into our drive, we're we're speeding because we're trying to get there. He calls the knows after that, so we're we're speeding, going. A cop passes us on my side. And I look at him, and I realize it's a cop, but we're driving, and the cop passed us. Or no, we passed the cop. Oof. I look at oh, him. we can't do that. And, like, I see it's a cop, and I immediately am like, oh, that sucks. But, like, I don't tell Lance, because, like, what am I... We're, we're, it's already happened. We already passed the cop. So then the cop gets behind us, pulls us over. Obviously. We were going, like, 80-something. Going over 80. We were going, like, 83, 85. I don't know. Going over 80 in Virginia's reckless driving, though. So the cop pulls us over, and he gets up, and instead of walking to Lance's window, he walks to my window. Power play. Roll, we roll down my window. <laughs> that sucks. And, like, I didn't even do it. And he just immediately goes, uh, where are you going? That You're in such a rush. And then we were, Lance's like, we're going to a disc golf tournament. We're running late. He's like, well, like, he's like, I was going 77, and you passed me. He's like, so you had to be going faster. He's like, you realize going over 80 is reckless driving, right? And Lance's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. I just didn't realize how fast I was going. Like, it won't, won't happen again. And then the cop looks at me and goes, and you, you looked me right in the eyes, and y'all didn't even slow down. What were you thinking? Yeah. And I was like, well, I was thinking we passed the cop, and you were going to pull us over. He's like, so you didn't think, hey, let's slow down? I was like, I'm the passenger. Like, what, <laughs> what, what control do I have? He's like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, if you see a cop, it's your responsibility to so tell the driver to slow down. Talking to me, and I'm like, I'm so that's sorry, so sir. That's so funny. He'd shoot you out. I'm, like, I'm so sorry, sir. He's like, all right, passenger. go on your way. Don't wor- like, go on your way. Uh, just drive more careful. And then he got in his car and just took off. What like, the frick? He must have been like in going somewhere. Like, yeah, he got and, somewhere to be. So we get back in the car and then we call the TD because now we're now we're like pushing. Are we gonna make it? Yeah. At 8:30 when we're supposed to tee off. So we call the TD and Lance is like, hey, uh, we just got pulled over. Um, we're running late. We're, we should be there at 8.30. Our GPS, we would be there at 8.25. So, like, can you check us in all this? Because this is, like, right before the players' meeting is supposed to start. And TD's like, absolutely. Checks us in. We're good to go. So we pull into the parking lot at, like, 8.28. Lance is on the lead card, feature card of... It wasn't really called feature card back then, but he's on the first card of MPO. So he's just got to find hole one. I am in a middle group in MA1. I have to find hole 12. And it's 8.28. So the, they're yelling two minutes as I walk up, which two minutes is like you have two minutes till the tournament tees off, and if you're not there, you basically get par plus four. So I'm at a course I've never seen before, and I now have to find hole 12, and I have two minutes to do it. And so the TD's like, you're on hole 1,200. Like, just start going that way and points into woods. That's the best. And so I just start sprinting as fast <laughs> as I can. No, I haven't thrown anything. I haven't stretched. I haven't done anything. Just have my disc golf bag on my back, and I'm just full sprinting into the woods. And I get to a basket, and it says 10, and I yell to T. I'm like, where's 12? And 12 was like right to my left. So I run over there, and then they yell start, and I was second on the box. So the first guy throws. I stepped up. I think I like parred or bogeyed the first hole. 
But this is the tournament that after round one, I was one stroke off the lead or two strokes off the lead, I think. I was I was in the lead. I was on the lead card in MA1. So like I was able to bounce back and I'm like this like I just did that blind. Like now that I know this course, like I'm winning this tournament easily. And so we get through the round, round two, or uh, me and this guy are back and back, back and forth. And we step up to this hole that was an island hole. I've definitely told this story, but I'm gonna keep going. So up to this hole and it's an island hole. But it doesn't it's not an island hole unless you want it to be. Well, it is an island hole, but you can play it very safe. And so at this point, I'm down two at this point in the round. At least in my head, I am right now. Uh, I believe it was definitely close. And the guy on the tee who has the lead lays up safe left. So it's kind of like this long peninsula left, or you can go for the green. He lays up safe left. And so I step up, and to go for the green, you have to throw 380 to the front of the green, 420 to the pin, 475 to the back. So for me, I know distance-wise, I can't reach the back of the green, but if I throw a, even a decent distance shot at that time, I'm making the green, like distance-wise. And if I throw a perfect one, I could be parked for eagle, and now this guy has a decision to make because if he keeps laying up, then we're going to be tied after this hole, or he has to go for it. Right. And so I'm trying to put pressure on him. So I step up, first drive, low, turfed it, OB. Well, once you go OB, you go to, there's three sets of tees and then a drop zone. So once you went OB off the tee, you went to the next tee as the drop zone for, your, for, that, for that shot. So I threw OB and like, okay, it's all right. I can get up and down from here because now it's just like a 350-foot hyzer. Right. Like I can get up and down from here, take my par, move on. This is only like hole 12 or 13 in the round. There's plenty of golf left. You know, that's fine. There's no reason I shouldn't get up and down. OB. So now I move to the next next tee. That's demoralized. So now I'm throwing two, four, five from this tee. And I'm like, all right, Hunter, get up and down. And this guy has went for the island on his second for no reason, parked it. So now I'm like, I'm about to lose. Like, this guy's going to take a three. If I get up and down from here, I'm taking a six. I'm about to lose three strokes. OB. It's like 250-foot shot now. OB. Love to see it. So now I'm at the drop zone. All right, so now I went two, four, six. I'm throwing seven from the drop oh, zone. man. 100-foot shot. Again, pretty massive island because it's 380 to 470. So it's like, yeah. what's that? Almost 100 feet wide island. OB from the drop zone. I'd love to see it. It was a jump shot. putt. It was a jump <laughs> putt. I just straight to the ground. I'm like, two, four, six, eight. Now I'm throwing nine from there. Same, you don't move forward now. So I'm at the same drop zone. Threw another shot because I have also haven't recovered any of my OB shots because mm-hmm. why would I? It's demoralizing. Threw my putter, get on the island, but I'm like 40 feet in a tree. 40 feet behind the basket in a tree. So now I went two, four, six, eight, nine. Step up there, clank my putt, rolls back towards me, 10, miss that putt, 11, tap out a 12. And I didn't even cash. I, I lost cash. So it was all around. And then I had a two hour drive home. Well, I had to play six more holes that round. And then I had a two hour drive home after that. And it was. I'm trying to think Awful. what the largest score I've ever taken on a hole, and I'm, I might have it in my U-disc because I think it was during a tag match at Hideaway on hole 11. Um, but that, I don't think I've ever taken a 12, ever. It was, I, I know it was it was above a 10. I'm pretty sure that's the exact sequence of events. It was between a 10 and a 13 what I took that day. And it was a par 4. But you know what? I still stand by my decision on the tee. 
because I was trying to win a tournament and I was trying to put pressure on the guy who was currently in the lead. And at that time, I had no care if I came in second, third, fifth, whatever I came in. Talking six that day. I'm pretty sure the guy that won was uh, Matt Hammerston, who's went on to be like one of the better, best pros in the area. All right, Styles, what do you got? What's your disc golf tournament? Man. Or disc golf story, (laughs) I mean, sorry. I only played one tournament. No, disc golf story uh, in general. Um, well, let's, let, we'll pull, we'll pull a little, a couple shots from that tournament. Oh, so you're going, you're going tournament here. Yeah, I'm going tournament. Y'all in tournament, I'm going tournament. Okay. Uh, so first tournament ever, uh, what was it? The Zambia Open? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, at Fallen Creek Park, Yellows, it was... Probably like 40 mile an hour winds, and it was raining, and somewhat snowing at times. At times yeah, snowing. There was, there like was, there was a, just on. a mixture of all weather you could think of going on. And I remember stepping up to hole, what was it, seven. It was hole seven. I had, it was a massive headwind, and at the... That still to this day, I haven't, I haven't played in very much wind like that. I haven't played in 40-mile-an-hour winds like, like it was that day. And so I step up with a Big Z Onyx. And I'm Heck like, yeah. this, this thing's overstable. You know, it's, it's not going to flip. I, I throw it, and it, you know, it's like a Zeus. It goes left, whatever. Mm. And I took what? an 8 on a hole 11. Nice. Oh. Um. So I step up, I step up to that, throw my big Xeonix, immediately just turns over into Bolivian, just, I mean, you... Into you Bolivian? Into Bolivia. Into Bolivia? You, you could have you told me that thing was like a leopard. It's, I think it's into Oblivion. Into Oblivion? Yes, yeah, not Bolivian. It's Bolivian. Oblivion. 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 Yeah, yes. keep Wait, going. Bolivian? Yep. Oblivion. Oblivion. Starts with an O. <laughs> Oblivion. <laughs> Bolivian right. would be someone from Bolivia. Which is a country. Continue. Not important. <laughs> you turn it over really far. Uh, I turned it over really far. That was probably that was that was an eye-opening event because you know right after I threw that hunter said Silas, what are you thinking? And I was like, <laughs> man, that was a big Z onyx. Like I wasn't expecting that thing to turn over. And then little did you know. Little did little you know. The, and then in the same tournament, uh, it was hole eight, seventeen, seventeen, and there's there's like a you gotta throw over this bridge and there's a tunnel shot to the right and so i lay up to this where the tunnel shot is and the red basket is probably like 200 feet yeah right up there and the yellow basket is probably like 100 no not even that like 75 feet past that so i step up got my got my photon zone in hand and we were actually recording this, and you, someone wasn't recording. Like, someone was record, recording from the woods or whatever. So I step up with the zone, and I throw it, and I hear chains. I'm like, great. I just, I just like, uh, threw in, and it was the red basket. <laughs> so you're like an 80-footer. That is demoralizing. You did it twice. That yeah, time. the other you time was... You uh, upshot on hole 17 or what, 16 or whatever it is on that layout. 
um, you had the upshot yeah. into the woods and you ripped it into the red basket again twice that round. No, but that was the one he just talked about. Yeah. But the earlier oh, one, the earlier one was the was the ace. It was on hole uh, ten or like it's the one right after the downhill short one. The flex, you flexed it over and hit the. <laughs> and hit the yeah, you it was all ten. Yeah, you, you threw a, a forehand going to yellows. You threw a forehand yeah. just in the wrong direction. It just yeah. nailed twice, the red basket. Twice that round, you threw <laughs> from underneath a basket, which is an awful lie to give yourself. That's so funny. Yeah, uh, was, I I was I looking terrible. up. I'm itching terrible. to play another tournament. I was looking yeah, up to verify to my tournament, and if it was K Krushka, the rounds went completely different than I remember. I know without a shadow of a doubt that that hole happened. I took that big of a number. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was battling for the win when I took that number. Apparently not. But in the scorecard, I came in 19th, if this is the event, which makes me think it probably was. But in this round, then it must have happened in the first round because I shot a 70 round one. Mm. And I shot better round two. So you were never battling for the lead. But I know... <laughs> Uh, there was Maybe a reason you were battling for cash. There, it might have been cash. No, because it happened during my worst round. And if it was this tournament, your worst round was the first. My round. worst round was the first round. So maybe you were. Uh, oh, so maybe you were like thinking in relation to your card. It could have like been trying to win your card. It could have been. I knew a lot of the guys in this field. I recognize the names of. So maybe there was a reason I went for that hole. I'm not that aggressive of a player, so I went for that hole because I thought I needed to. In, but why would I do one. it in round one? Yeah, I think you got. I think your whole story. You should just. You shouldn't have brought this up. Uh, no, well, I want. I, I wanted to verify it. it. I wanted to that. verify it. I'm wondering if I knew a lot of the guys, and it also wasn't Matt Hammerston because he wasn't in the field. But I knew a lot of the guys. <laughs> your story is falling apart right now. This guy, man, you be going yeah. To I made right up a now, story dude. to take a 13 on a hole. I just made that up. Yeah, dude, it's fame. The holes of fame. No, I'm wondering what I'm thinking hey, must have happened. That time I put a, I put a 15. Uh, yeah, dude. Let me tell you sometimes I got twenty. What I think oh, what dude. I'm thinking must have happened is I must have had That's a solid I must have had a solid group round one and knew the leader was gonna come off of this card. You may have. And maybe that's what I was thinking in my head. The decision to be like, I need to get aggressive. I must right have been now. thinking in my head. <laughs> round one, maybe. I must have been thinking in my head, like, these guys are pulling ahead. I need to go for this. Okay. That that had to be it. It was a younger younger hunter, man. It had to be. I am we need to find if it was this tournament unless the other option is it wasn't K Krushka and it was a different course that it happened at it may be. because I don't remember anything else about the course so there's a chance that I'm just thinking of a different tournament and I've associated it with K Krushka we need to find the next flex start and get into it I that we need another one of those rounds it was so much fun there's a, a sanctioned league but it goes on tonight that doesn't quite that doesn't have the same zing to it though a sanctioned league as like a Saturday tournament that you like show up for like it's just yeah. not the quite quite the same. Vibes would be a lot higher now because the wind would be down and the temperature would be up because <laughs> be, it snowed I'll during be that. Darned if any of those vibes could be higher. Those vibes were through the rooftop because <laughs> we made them so. But we'd also have Connor this time around. That would be very yeah. fun because Connor. If, Connor was the one that initiated the whole idea. Well, I don't know if Connor has the ability to. I don't. He's self-admitted that he doesn't have the ability to play bad and like stay in like a, a good chirpy mood, which we all can. But that would be even more right. fun. No, that's is what I'm it. Saying. It'd be it would, fun for us. It would be it, very fun. It'd for be us miserable for Connor. For him. Yeah, because we would be just like chirping. Like it doesn't I matter. Mean, if Hunter and he would be just in his in his feels in the zone. <laughs> well, because what I've done is I care more about videos at this point than I do tournaments. 
So like a monthly match, if I'm playing bad in a monthly oh, match, monthly match I think it's I, hard for me to get like still be in a smiley chirpy mood. The monthly match is, in a, is a very big deal. So it's if serious. I play, yeah, I think we need okay. to start having monthly matches with Silas and Connor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna start Five a foundation. We're gonna start a foundation weekly. That's gonna be next big. week. Next oh, week, really? I would Let's imagine go. because it's probably gonna, we're gonna do it Mondays. The shop will close at four, mm-hmm. and we'll do it at four thirty. Oh, gosh. Where's the first? Where are we opening it up? Ah, man. That's the creek? Surely. Falling Creek? It's got to be the creek. Yeah, the probably. Creek. We got to establish a rotation. Yeah. Oh, we're going to change Although, it up. I do want to get foundation tags made. Yeah. Oh, that'd well, be, we have a week to get awesome. them made. Yeah. So, better get on that. I'll get on it. I'll find it. I'll figure it out. Oh, no, I'll be gone next Monday. All right. So, the Monday we after. We got to start the Monday after. So, I got two weeks after. to get it made. But yeah, right. then it'll just be like, you know, foundation employees weekly. Whoever can show we, can well, show. I guess we be, I better not be on this podcast saying we probably should not be saying when and where our weekly is or it's going to get hijacked. Yeah. Forget what I just said. It's not. Well, on they Mondays. won't be a part of the cards. It's you got to be a foundation employee to be put on a card. It's not on Mondays and it's not at Falling Creek. Well, anymore. it is on Mondays, but it's going to rotate. It's a, They'll never know the course. They'll never know the course. I give them any information. <laughs> Why does it matter? Somebody's gonna like drive to every course. That's fine. You won't find us. They probably will. We'll be in Rome. What if we had a secret, a top secret foundation course? We do. The private course? Yeah, we do. Silas, you haven't been yet? You haven't been to it? Oh. That'll be where I I think it's invite only. I haven't. Oh. 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 Well, maybe one of these days. Maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, there it is. That wraps it up. There it is. That's the show. We'll be back on Wednesday for uh, the Portland Open preview. And then next week, we'll actually have some topics because there'll be a disc golf tournament that happened. So hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode. If you enjoy podcasts like this, where there's a lot less structure, a lot more talky-talky, check out the banter, the Boogie Bro banter. Or just look forward to the offseason. Or just look forward to the offseason. I love it. I will say, this offseason, our podcast grew a lot, which means y'all must like podcasts like this. It was fun. I had a good time. All right. We'll see you on Wednesday.